This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Hello, and welcome to another World of UX podcast. This is your host, Darren Hood. Thanks, everyone, for taking the time to join us on today. And a special welcome, as always, to those of you joining us for the first time. We are returning to our series today where we've been talking about the sinister culture of UX that's at work today. And it's not just in the United States. It is all over the world. The things that are happening in UX today are shocking. They are (laughs) highly offensive from the perspective that they should not be happening and they are detrimental to everyone despite who says they're benefiting right now. Everything that's happening right now in UX was not happening (laughs) in yesteryear. It wasn't happening at large. It wasn't happening in mass. It, it is absolutely shocking when when I I see things myself. I talk to people all over the world. I hear about things that people are experiencing. I see things on social media. I see things popping up in blog posts. And these things, it's amazing in the midst of this, I sort of kind of diving in here right away with something that's not on my list for today, which is relatively long. So I'm going to move pretty quick today. But there's been a series of blog posts. Different people have been writing blog posts talking about how great things are and how great of a time this is in UX and how UX is not going through anything devastating. It's actually about to come out on top. It's actually reshaping itself. We're getting ready for the best day ever. It's crazy. And the funny thing is, everything that I'm covering in this series is being denied by the people who are making these claims. And by the way, over 90% of the people who are claiming that great things are happening in UX today have less than 10, 11 years of experience. They all got into UX after 2011, which became the the age of misinformation. That's when it began. So the age of misinformation in UX started in 2011, and it just has continued to ramp up. It, It has never subsided. It has never taken a day off. It is absolutely ridiculous, the the misinformation, the unqualified people going into leadership roles, the microwaved UXers who have only been in UX for less than 10 years, sometimes five, six, and seven, taking on senior manager roles and scared to death of people who've been doing UX longer than them. So, so basically... It's funny. It's going to it's going to be interesting to see what happens a few years from now if the same thing occurs where people who are getting promoted prematurely exercise the same type of discrimination against people who had more experience than them because if it happens again, everybody today who is the professing themselves to be the seniors and things of that nature they're going to get shut out. If it happens all over again, I don't think it's going to happen again. But 
it would be interesting to see. It, it, it's just it's just sort of a funny thought because people a lot of times cannot perceive that something is wrong. They cannot perceive an injustice until they experience it themselves. If you have higher EQ, you can pick up on things without being exposed to it. You can truly empathize. And and again, borrowing from my favorite EQ writer, Adele Wynn, it's about uh, uh, the empathy is about seeing things from someone else's perspectives or understanding things from their perspective. That's when you can truly understand what's going on with someone else and you can truly empathize. You can't put on somebody else's shoes. That that has become cliche in and of itself. So that definition of empathy needs to go by the wayside. So it's just interesting that these people, oh, it's great, things are wonderful, and, and I always go and look at their profile. When I see it, okay, three years, okay, five years, nothing against anybody. We were all at a three-year, five-year state. So if anyone thinks I'm, I'm taking a pot shot at them, that's because you want to believe that I am so that you can disavow me. I'm not. I'm making, I'm stating a fact. And there's way too many people in UX today, another sinister element. There's way too many people in UX that are truth and fact averse. When truth and facts should be at the core of what we do. How are you presenting reliable and trustworthy data, also known as facts? I mean, that's what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> with your recommendation, with your point of view decks, with your research, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And you're trying to convince people isn't it hypocritical to present data but not want to pay attention to data? So we have to make sure that this hypocrisy, another sinister trait that's at work today in UX, this hypocrisy needs to needs to it needs to be buried. It needs to be done away with. We are a great discipline. UX is a fantastic discipline. It it really renders so many wonderful victories. It helps set the business trajectory on high. It helps us to obtain and maintain and manage competitive advantage, especially when your competition is not executing UX the right way. And there's a, there's a ripe opportunity. There's a, there's a, uh, an exit off the freeway, if you will. Do you realize there are so many people today? UX is so backwards, frankly, today that the companies that do Opt, opt into real, pure UX will blow their, their masquerading competitors out of the water. You want to do something great for your business today? Hire real UX professionals. I, I am in a state of shock when I see people that I know, people I've been exposed to, people I have watched work who know their stuff. People who know UX, they're doing real UX. These people are managers, directors, senior directors, and they're being displaced. They're being laid off. They're being let go. And when you look at who survives, it's the posers, the retrofits, and the upstarts. These are the people who are trying to run UX today. People have redefined what it means to be a senior. They have redefined to a great extent, not across the board, 100%. They have redefined what it means to be a principal. They have redefined what it means to be a lead. 
Now you have people who are going into these roles way earlier than they should, way earlier than, than it's possible to bring the value that's equivalent to the role they're going into, which causes misrepresentation of the discipline to the decision makers, to the people who later on, they go, you know what? These UX people, they're not doing anything. We don't need them. Or they'll say, you know, we don't need them. We, we, we don't need this director with 20 years of experience. I know somebody like that. We don't need this other director, the senior director with 20 years of experience. I know somebody like that. We don't need this person over here. We can survive with a manager and with a couple of seniors. We'll be fine if we just do that. So people are being displaced. There are some instances where it would it would still work in their in certain organizations. It will still work because some of the people that are surviving are still skilled. It's it's still really it's criminal what they're doing to some of these people, but I've seen instances, people with four years are running the departments, people with seven years are directors. I, I've met people who are seniors and directors and managers, and, 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 and I mean senior directors, not seniors, but senior directors. I've met people, and they have practically no experience whatsoever. They're not involved in the community. They don't really even care about the discipline, yet they're in these positions, and they're not in these positions because they earned it. They're not in these positions. Hey, it's just the truth. They're not in these positions because of what they bring to the table. They're basically in the position because they were in the right place at the right time. And they got a check that they're not going to turn down. And you're getting paid. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for your family. But eventually, the ship is going the wrong way currently. And the ship eventually needs to be righted. And when the ship gets righted, all the people who are in the wrong place... And all the people with the premature promotions, it's going to be difficult when someone is a senior manager or a senior director and they, they try to go into a position and someone's going to say that they're overqualified because they were a senior manager or a senior director or a director for X amount of time. That's what's going to happen eventually. That's what can happen eventually. And it is, I feel sorry for them in a sense I mean, if somebody walked in and offered any of us right now X amount of money, you're going to be happy and it's, and it's off the charts and way more than what you ever expected. Yeah, most people are going to take it. But you better consider the long-term ramifications associated with that because when once you have touched that world, once you have occupied space in that world, it changes how people perceive you when you try to go into other positions. So please keep that in mind <laughs> and please govern yourselves accordingly because it's, it's not going to, there is a lot of potential for that to not play out well for those individuals just throwing it out there. But you know what? I just took off and ran today. Let me go through the list. Uh, I, I've already mentioned some of the things that are in my list on today. I will, if I come to something on the list, I've already talked about how, I'll mention that. We'll just touch on it and we'll move on. But long list today. Let's go. Number 21 on my <laughs> extensive list. One of the things that is extremely sinister today in the world of UX is hiring expectations are just off base. I just finished talking about that. 
to an extent. The amount of experience, because senior and lead roles have been redefined, I'll explain a little bit more now, touched on it. Now, if you look at a bunch of job postings, look at job postings. I mean, people complain who are entering UX will complain. They say that they want entry level, but then it says they want three years. Eh, That's because people don't know how to write job descriptions. If it says entry level, apply. Case closed, move on. And I'm I'm not diminishing it. That's just the truth of it. But consider what I'm about to say in parallel with that. There are people on one hand say they, they're looking for entry level and they ask for three years. There are senior roles, principal roles, lead roles where they say that they want three, four, or five years of experience. The expectations are inappropriate. The There's a complete misappropriation of skill levels. A person cannot achieve true senior status until they've been working in the discipline for at least eight years, which is why when you see somebody who supposedly, and I have to say it that way because a lot of people lie, when people supposedly have eight years of experience and now they're a senior manager, something is wrong. And not only is something wrong with that position, something's wrong in that organization. Something is wrong with the leaders because the leaders are setting false expectations. I know people who have been put into some of these some of these premature promotion-oriented positions in an attempt to try to keep the person stable, to try to keep the person from wanting to leave. They, they're trying to offset attrition by promoting somebody before it's time. And the person, and, and I know one case, the person, they didn't have any option to turn the promotion down. So yeah, they go ahead and they take it and they know that they're not that they're not eligible for such a thing in general. They know that they're not qualified for what their title says they are, but they go into the position and nobody's thinking, okay, people out and about are going to see this. They're going to see this title on LinkedIn, this person's title. They're going to start looking at the organization. These and this is happening at epidemic levels today where hiring expectations are completely off base. And here's a flip side of that. So they're, they're, people are getting promoted before it's time. None of those people pretty much are going to complain. They're going to take it. But what happens is when somebody who actually has the qualifications tries to come into that organization and God forbid it be at the same level, they're going to be rejected for the most part. They're going to be rejected because Hey, we, we already have a senior. Well, we have a person who has two years of experience and they're a senior. We, we don't need this person, which is why you see so many people who truly have a lot of experience who end up consulting and end up doing things that it just, they, they can't go a standard career path. They can't travel, I should say, a standard career path because of the way that things are dysfunctional. And this has actually been going on for a while. It is just really accelerated and it's become far more dysfunctional than it used to even be in the past. But to make matters even worse, yes, it gets worse. Now you have situations where people are sabotaging the interviews. If a, if a, a truly senior individual gets an interview at a company where the people who are called upon to do the interviewing, which most people don't know how to do, we've already talked about that. If they're threatened by this individual, they're not going to express that 
to anybody unless they do maybe to other people who also feel threatened. So the impact on the psyches of the people who are already on the team is rarely, if ever, taken into consideration. So now you have this this senior person who comes into an interview. Everybody goes into interviews hopeful. There, There isn't anybody on the face of the earth that doesn't. Everybody gets excited to some extent when you get called into an interview. And so these things, we don't think about these things. Well, it, we better. Same from same goes for me. We have to think about these things because you go into these situations and you have to manage it. Instead of being overly hopeful, you have to recognize it and maybe ask questions that help to diffuse some of the attitudes, ask questions and, prevent, and present scenarios that help to put certain people at ease. Because if you are a more seasoned practitioner, again, something I alluded to earlier, the the newer UXers are claiming we don't get the opportunities, we need somebody to give us a chance, yada, yada, yada. It has flipped. Newer UXers practically get an opportunity faster and easier than the more senior people do. We are being cast off. We're being kicked out. Of the, of the discipline by people who don't want to deal with what we know instead of realizing, wow, if we have a senior in our team, we'll have a mentor on our team. If we have a senior in our team, we'll have somebody who's more adept at and more skilled at interacting with leadership and advocating across the organization. If we have a more senior person on our team, we'll have somebody who's in a better position to help manage the maturity level. None of these things are on the radar of the average team. They'd rather get rid of or not even entertain, or as mentioned, sabotage the interview of that individual so they don't have to deal with it. And I'm I'm, going to share a story with you that I know about where there was a person, a senior person, a person who has a a lot of skill and experience, who got an interview with the company. Now, the person didn't get the interview because they applied and the, they were screened, their their application was screened, and the team decided, hey, we need to interview this person. It'd be great to have this person. The only reason that that person was interviewed was because the director, the team's director, knew of the individual, respected the individual, And so the director asked the team to interview this person. Okay. Seems to sound generally okay. You already know this is not going to play out well. So the team interviews the person basically to appease the director. They never had any intention on being forthright. They never had any intention on giving this person a fair shot at joining their team. They never had any intention whatsoever to be fair, to be equitable, to truly evaluate what the person was bringing to the table. So they went through the motions and they just, okay, they wanted to be able to say at the end of the day, okay, we interviewed this person like you said. As long as they check that box, box checking is so, it's such a terrible and toxic thing, but a lot of people check boxes. That's what they do. They shouldn't, but they do. And in this case, they basically manipulated the director because they interviewed the individual. It was later discovered 
that they handled that interview differently than other candidates because the word came, the person who was interviewed was later told that they decided to go with someone else because they explained their research process in a way that resonated better with the team. Well, the person who was interviewed was never asked to do such a thing. So eventually, basically what happened was it was discovered that the team interviewed that individual that the director wanted them to interview differently than they did other people. So they basically, that's the equivalent of a sabotage. I've had interview sabotage over the course of my career. I've seen it firsthand. People ask when they want to sabotage an interview, they change their script. They ask different questions. So now the data that you're getting from persons A, B, C, and D is different than the data you get from person E, who's the person that they wanted to basically cast off. So it's like when sometimes when people do research and but they want to come up with a particular answer, so they fudge things so that whether it's favorable or unfavorable, some people will change the script. They won't be consistent with the with the way that they're conducting the research so that what's going to happen is the data is going to be skewed. So people are doing this. An interview is a research session for both the interviewers and the interviewee. It is a research session. And so when people don't conduct these research sessions with integrity in an ethical manner, there's no way that the data that you're going to get out of that interview is going to be trustworthy, reliable, and actionable. So hence, the the candidates in such cases are going to be cast aside. They're not going to get the job. So hiring expectations are off. The way people are interviewing is off. It's downright criminal. It's too bad some of these people can't be sued for what they're doing because it's really criminal. What's happening to a lot of people, I hear stories again all the time, really, really sad. So that's number 21. Number 22, and I think we're going to actually only cover a few today. We'll extend this to next week. This part of the, this one, all of these go together, but we're going to split it up because it, it, it's, it's going to be too long if, if we don't. Number 22, there are people that are attempting to ascend in UX, trying to make progress in their career, all while trashing fundamentals. It, it is amazing. I had an interaction with somebody on social media, and I was talking about fundamentals, the fundamentals of UX. I didn't use the term fundamentals. I, I said something else. But in the while this was being discussed, there was an individual, as always is the case, there's always a detractor, the trolls. Again, they, they're not really trying to engage in dialogue. They're trying to refute. They're trying to make somebody look bad. They, they say anything. It doesn't even have to be true. They just say anything, and then they disappear. They never come back and own their inaccurate statements. They never come back. When, when you prove them wrong, they never come back and say, you know what? My bad. They never come back and own it. They're never adults. Trolls are children on social media, basically. They, they're the ones who want to take their ball and go home because things don't go their way. That, that's essentially the makeup of a troll. And so we're talking about things related to fundamentals. And then a person said, and I know I just remembered, it was a post. So some of you who are connected to me on LinkedIn, you will have seen this uh, more than likely, or you may have seen it. But in the post, I mentioned how that there are people 
I said, please stop oversimplifying UX. It is far more complex than the neophytes would have you to believe. That is exactly what I said. I used the term neophyte. I used, I, I made reference to oversimplifying UX. And you know, there is a thing called simplification bias, which is something that people who lack expertise, they try to simplify something so they can relate to it, but they basically change what it is. They alter what's being dealt with. This is a, a documented type of bias. And this is what these people are doing. So I, I mentioned this and a person comes along and they say, and yes, I was referring to fundamentals when I said that you cannot act like these things don't exist. Usability, heuristics, information architecture, real research methodologies, interaction design principles, the Bruce Tognazini and the Schneiderman principles. These things are fantastic. They're worth their weight in gold. There's nothing about them since the time they've been published. None of these things, usability, heuristics, IA, none of these things. There's nothing about any of these things that people should be trying to leap over in the process of trying to achieve uh, uh, higher heights in the discipline. But a person comes along and they said, you know what? You know, it doesn't have to be as complex as some people make it out to be. People make it complex. The gatekeepers make this is the person actually said this. The, uh, the gatekeepers try to make it complex to keep people out. There is nobody on the face of this earth trying to make UX complex so that other people can't enter. We are trying to educate people about usability. We're trying to educate people about heuristics. We're trying to educate people about information architecture, about real research methodologies, about interaction design principles, which by the way, all these people who claim to be UI people, UI UX people, if you don't embrace interaction design principles, your UI is going to stink. It is going to lose your company money, competitive advantage, viability. Interaction design principles are, are, are an absolute necessity to follow them. There's an, and, and then refer to these things as the guy said, these are all old school. These aren't old school. They're fundamentals. They're fundamentals. And that's how the word fundamentals came into the exchange, but not only between me and that person, but other people as well. And yeah, I had to eventually block the person because these people get abusive and, and people have people who dish out abuse don't know what it feels like to get abused all the time. So nobody's trying to to get on LinkedIn or Twitter or anything for that matter and be subjected to a ton of abuse. It just doesn't make any sense at all. And the person came back to me and they said, I, I actually changed the post so you could only engage if you were connected to me because the people connected to me more likely are going to have more respect more uh, more knowledge about my content instead of just saying anything because they can because they have fingers and they can type that which is a, a ridiculous proposition but happens all the time and the person came back to me and they wrote to me and they asked they said hey why did you take away my ability to respond to what you said because I responded to the person and I mentioned all the things that I just said here he said well this that's what LinkedIn is for it's so we can go back and forth with one another, basically. And I responded. I said, LinkedIn is not for the facilitation of trolling. 
and I do not waste time on trolls. I already know what a troll is, and I know this person was a troll. So you want me to open up the door for you to come in and subject me to mental and emotional abuse and intellectual abuse. No, we're not doing that. But this person basically was trying to say that we don't need fundamentals. Not just this individual, a lot of people in UX today do not want anyone. They don't care. I I did a a, a talk once about heuristics and how it should be the first thing out of our toolbox because it supports us from both a formative and a summative perspective. It can help us in early stages of design, whether it's a new design or a redesign, and it helps us as we progress through a design, and it can help us toward the end. It helps facilitate how we research and what we research. Heuristics are invaluable to the to the researchers, but so so or to the UXer, period, but yeah, to the researcher. And I gave this talk once, and someone loved the talk so much and told me so, and when I know the person, and they went back and told their team about the talk. And I may have shared this on the show before. They went back and they told their team about the talk. And when they told their team about the talk, instead of going, wow, that sounds interesting. Where can I learn more? Is the deck online at SlideShare or what can I do? None of those things happened. These people became incensed, became intellectually violent about the subject, and they just they just ran roughshod and basically told the person to get lost with what they were what they were presenting and suggesting. So she tried to present heuristics to them, remove me from the equation. She tried to present heuristics to her team and her team, all of which had very little experience. (laughs) Her team uh, rejected that and then responded with violence. With violence. As a result, not physical violence, intellectual, contextual violence, cognitive violence. Which is pretty pretty abusive. When if you've ever experienced it, then you know what I'm talking about. If not, then then you don't know. You're hearing this and you're considering it for the first time. It, it is something that will linger with you for hours, days, weeks, months. It will eat at you, and it, it's not a good thing. It helps no one, especially the person who's exhibiting the violent behavior. It is sad that people will reject fundamentals. I, I, I was talking to a class that I'm teaching at a, at a university at, at Michigan State. We were, I can mention that because that's part of the network that I'm broadcasting under, so I'll mention it. Uh, I mentioned it to my class, and they said, but aren't these things fundamentals? Shouldn't a person know these things to progress in the discipline? Shouldn't a person know these things in order to build their skill, their acumen, their confidence? And the answer to all those questions is a resounding, large as the earth, yes. Fundamentals are critical, and a lot of people lack confidence. And and you know, it's funny that these same people who fight against the fundamentals, got to backtrack for a moment, these same people who sabotage interviews, the same people who go into these lead, senior, and principal roles before they're actually qualified, the same people who don't want anything to do with usability, heuristics, and IA. These are the same people crying about imposter syndrome. Yeah, most of them, the vast majority of them. And yeah, if you've ever, uh, if you're not familiar with my work, uh, there is no such thing as imposter syndrome. It was made up by somebody trying to cope with 
the fact that they didn't take a stand to someone who was rejecting them when they were qualified. And, and when you, it, so it, it's not an actual uh, diagnosis. It's not an official thing. It's made up. <laughs> you you can have other types of, of things. You can have a lack of confidence. You can have self-doubt. You can do that. And, and, and yeah, everybody experiences self-doubt at some point in time. That's a real thing that's going to happen. But imposter syndrome, oh, and by the way, you cannot even claim based on the tenets of what they call imposter syndrome, you, in order to qualify for imposter syndrome, as they state it, the people who created it, you have to be qualified in your field first. So you don't get to graduate from some rinky-dink program on Monday and then claim imposter syndrome on Wednesday. You don't, you're not even qualified to even make such a claim. Do you think the people claiming imposter syndrome or or pretending that it has viability, that they know this or are sharing this with people? This is part of the Kool-Aid mentality that is running roughshod in UX today, another sinister culture uh issue in UX today. But at any rate, folks, you know what I mentioned we're gonna have to cut it short today. I wanna stop here. So remember, hiring expectations, big problems, uh, the amount of experience expected for lead senior and principal roles has diminished dramatically, resulting in the casting off of real leads, seniors, and principals. That's doing great damage to the discipline. Skill levels are being misappropriated. Interviews are being sabotaged by people who feel threatened. You know, the, and these are the people, they, they get the roles. Oh, I'm so glad I got this. And then they're, oh, I have imposter syndrome. No, no, you're an imposter. You don't have imposter syndrome. You are an imposter. And so just get to work. No big deal. Get to work and overcome it. That's the way that things are supposed to work. So the attempting to ascend while trashing fundamentals, it doesn't work, folks. Without fundamentals, which every discipline on the face of the earth has, the people who are practitioners are falling short of where they need to be to function as full-fledged professionals, viable, actual professionals. So let's let's just work to overcome these things. What's your solution? It should be obvious what the solution is. I shouldn't have to tell you. We're adults, so I shouldn't have to tell you what the solution is. So those people who do that and make those claims behind these things, I say, those are trolls as well. You know, you know how to tie your shoes. You know how to breathe. You know how to put gas in your car. This is, it, it's pretty straightforward. Work on your hiring expectations. Improve your hiring expectations. Work on your fundamentals. If you have trash fundamentals in the past, if you haven't concentrated on them in the past, no problem, no harm, no foul. Go and start to learn them. Go and grab old books. They're worth their weight in gold. Go and pick up the old Jesse James Garrett book. Go and pick up the old... Don Norman books. Go and pick up the old Alan Cooper books, the old the old Nathan Shetroth book, the old Susan Weinshank books, the old Kelly Goto book. Go and pick up, buy these old books and look at the principles because you're going to find it's not old school as the detractors try to make you think it is. They're fundamentals and they make your foundation strong. Okay, folks. That's all the time that we have for today. I thought we were going to try to get a lot done. Eh, we just cut it off here. This is good enough. And so until next time, this is Darren Hood, the host of The World of UX, wishing everyone all the best. Happy UXing, everybody. 
Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.